It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. We call this our Scattered Thunderstorm season, as we release one episode each week in anticipation of our exciting winter daily podcast series starting January 17th. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Well, Eric, happy new year. This is the first episode of the 2022 year. This is a very exciting day. This is going to be an amazing year. Uh, don't you know that? Uh, this this has the potential to be the single greatest year of our lives. This could be the single greatest year in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. I, I mean, the stage is set for it, so I don't see any reason why we shouldn't go after that. Amen. I agree. So we are about to transition into our more normal daily thunder right now we're doing one episode a week which is highly irregular for something called daily thunder <laughs> and so this is our scattered thunderstorm series uh, but we're doing one episode a, a week for the about a 12 week period and then we're transitioning back into our daily where you have a series I have a series uh, could you unpack and just give a, a, a vision uh, of what you're going to be doing in your upcoming series starting January, the week of January 17th? Yeah, so I'm actually teaching a series on Colossians at a Bible conference that I'm going to. And so I've just been spending a ton of time in the book. And I, I love the book of Colossians. I, well, there's, there's hardly a book I don't like. Leviticus <laughs> has, has some difficult Lamentations maybe has some difficulty. But... Uh, I love the book of Colossians in part in part because it is such a grand declaration of Jesus Christ. Uh, where Ephesians is a very similar book, Ephesians tends to focus on the body, mm-hmm. where Colossians tends to focus on the head. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're very parallel in a lot of cases, but when you look at the church, the church being the body, Christ being the head, Colossians is just this grand declaration of the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been so delighted just as I've been studying this book. And one of the things I just thought would be fun is to take this upcoming series and just walk through the entire book. And my personal desire is not just for people to listen to a survey or a study of the book Mm -hmm. of Colossians. I actually would love for the people to join me in a study of the book of Colossians. And so one of the things I've been just wrestling through, and I'm not sure fully how it's gonna look yet. I still have a couple weeks (laughs) to figure this out. But in a couple weeks when we actually launch these new series, I actually, my my plan is to have some study guides for every single Mm -hmm. episode so that if somebody wants to study ahead and join me in this process of studying the book of Colossians, it would actually allow them not only to gain a rich grip on who Jesus is, but it also help them in terms of just how to study the Bible. So I, I teach Bible study all the time and people are always asking, okay, how do I actually do it? And I think mm-hmm. this could just be a fun opportunity mm-hmm. for someone to say, okay, for the next few weeks, I want to study the book of Colossians. Mm-hmm. And so they can just join me in almost a self-guided study with me uh, or a guided, maybe I'll say that, a guided study with me uh, in the book. That's so. great. I, I really like that idea. I think that's going to be, I think there's a lot of people out there that have a desire, especially at the start of a new year. It's a funny thing. This whole, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions thing. Why we we do that as humans, it's like we're looking for fresh new starts right. because we recognize we've developed some bad habits. We have a little buildup of, you know, gunk uh, in the engine and we just want a, a spring clean, if you will. And I think the start of a new year is just that sort of feel. And I think there's a lot of people out there that just, they want to get deeper in the word. And I think this is a great way to start it uh, out a year is just to say, yeah, something like that. And I think that fits well with even our theme. We're going through 12 key truths that are desperately needed right now in the church. And today we're basically dealing with 
that it has to be practical. It has to go into action mode. I don't know if that if we have a, a one phrase for it, but a lot of Christians have truth in their head, but it never is activated. It's it's like you have the the sack of cement, but it never becomes concrete. It's like, well, God says you're supposed to have concrete. It's like, well, I have the cement. Yeah, but it needs to be activated. What's the activator? The the water. And we need to mix it in. And I think for many of us, we function in that sack of cement state, and we never are firmed up to the point where we actually are functionally working as believers in the midst of a darkened age. That's so true. I think as the church as a whole, we become so passive, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think we've even talked in a previous episode how even though these are difficult days for a lot of people, in one sense, it's actually invigorating for the church if if the church will actually lean into it. Because Amen. as the body of Christ, we desperately need a purification. We, we have so many idols and distractions mm-hmm. in our lives. We, we have so much passivity. Uh, we need a reviving. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is that it moves out of just an intellectualism or a an agreement theologically and actually moves into the reality uh, of everyday living. Uh, one of the things you've often talked about is the difference between theological heresy mm-hmm. and behavioral heresy. Mm-hmm. Would you would you explain the difference between the two? Yeah. Because we actually shouldn't have either one of those in yeah. our lives. Not, neither of them are good, yeah. you know, but many uh, conservatives in the church are very, very concerned about doctrinal heresy, as they should be. In other words, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, let's have some doctrinal heresy. In other words, we want to be accurate with the Word of God uh, intellectually. We want to be accurate and in, in right in how we rightly divide the scriptures and how we study it and how we break it out. Yes, but there are a lot of people that sit in their study all day and have a lot of, you know, dusty books in their in their bookshelf and maybe have a lot of good content up top, but their behavior is actually contradicting the very Bible that they are astutely learning. And so they're not marked by love, joy, and peace. That's sort of strange. They don't love their enemy. Well, if you're going to be doctrinally sound and you have all the right answers, but you don't have the right life or behavior, hmm. And I would actually say that God is more concerned, even though that's a hard one, to say he's more concerned about our behavioral accuracy than he is our doctrinal, because they both matter. They both feed together. But what you see in 1 Corinthians 13 is a statement like that. You could have, you know, all this. You could have all this knowledge. You could have this. You could even speak in the tongues of men and of angels. Uh, you could give all you possess to the poor. But you, if you have not love, then it's empty. It's, it's, it doesn't have the oomph that the kingdom of heaven desires you to have. And I think many of us are vulnerable to that, especially in this time of leanness in the church, when so many churches haven't even reopened. So many ministries have shut down. So much of the body is divided over petty issues right now. And where we're not strong, we need the function of love. How will you know my disciples? Uh, if Jesus was asking that question to all of us, how, how will you know my disciples? Eric and, and Nathan, do you remember? Is it by their their uh, doctrinal astuteness? No, it's by their love for one another. Yeah, you're right, Lord. That's where it starts. It's practical. It's a very it's a behavioral dimension that actually showcases the fact that we really are the disciples of Christ. I think this is so hard for a lot of us because I know at least in my life, I, I esteem to actually have the life. And yet, uh, for example, prayer is the classic one. I get this burden, like, I need to start praying more. And the first tendency that I have is, okay, I need to go find Ian Bounds or what's another good book on prayer so I can read how to pray. And what I've learned is, or at least about my own life, is so oftentimes because I read the book, I presume now it's actually part of my life. And Mm -hmm. the danger is, 
again, it goes back to that head knowledge thing mm-hmm. that because I now not only esteem it, but now I've learned something about it, I've presumed that it's in the flow and the action of my life. When actually what I need to do, probably rather than getting a book on prayer, is I just need to get my face on the ground and just pray. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just esteeming the word of God and saying, okay, what's another book on Bible study? Mm-hmm. Maybe I actually just need to open the Bible and start reading yeah. and actually studying. Rather than just esteeming the gospel, mm-hmm. maybe I need to sh- share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of us have this strange impediment that st- we know how we're supposed to be living, but we feel like we have we have to be learned to be able to do that. And that's a that's something that I don't think the Spirit of God is setting in front of us. He's just like, you know, do it. You have what you need. You have me. Now, it doesn't mean we can't learn to do it better. It's just that most of us need to get out of park and into first gear. And we sit in park until we have a certain sense that we are accomplished and that we've finished it and that we've done it. And as a result, we never get into first gear. And I think there is far more emphasis in Scripture of getting into first gear than there is being an auto mechanic before you get into first gear. And I think he says, here's a key. Here's the ignition. Turn it. And there's the gas steering wheel go. (laughs) And we're like, but don't I need to know auto mechanics first? No, I'll, I'll inform you of how the mechanics of this whole thing work as you start obeying and start moving down the road. And I think many of us are wanting a PhD in auto mechanics before we're ready to share the gospel with our local barista at Starbucks. And I think it's critical that we move into first gear, no matter where we're at in life right now, or if we're in first gear, move into second gear. And we begin to progress in our behavioral aspect of our spiritual life, as opposed to wait for some magical moment when it's like the angels are all, <laughs> and we're like, okay, I guess I'm now supposed to start living this. I, uh, <clears throat> the illustration I've been using recently, at least for my own soul, is uh, if, if someone, say there's this dessert buffet in front of me. Mm, sounds nice. I know, it sounds amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> this is this is more my world than the auto mechanic thing. So <laughs> I was like, I, I have no idea. Uh, but if someone was, I, if I asked about a particular dessert and someone says, oh yeah, let me tell you all about the recipe and, and yeah. here's, here's the ingredients and here's yeah. how you make it, but yeah. they've never tasted it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you know how to make it. But if there's another person over here who has no idea what's in it, no idea how to make it, but yet they have tasted and seen that it's good, yeah. I'd actually trust the opinion of that person yeah. even over the the intellectual one who knows yeah. all the details about how to make it. Yeah. And I think in the Christian life, is again, it's not that the information is bad. It's not that knowing how it all works is not important. It, it is. But if I'm going to put an emphasis on something, just taste it. Get yeah. going. And then, as you said, as as you're learning that, you'll you'll learn about all the details, yeah. which then deepens that that richness. Yeah. But you at least need to taste it. Do you have a practical? Uh, since we've been trying to make all this practical, uh, about okay, what what is a good first step? Is it is it just to do it? Is yeah. is there is there something even beyond that? But is is that the best first step for someone to take? I is, think so. I think it's it's getting off our spiritual duff. If you've realized that you've come up with a thousand, the Puritans used to call them makeshift rationalizations. We just have a, th- a thousand of them. And they're very, we're, we're very cunning creatures, us humans, to justify our inaction. Yeah. And the, so the Puritans called them makeshift rationalizations. So why are you not living it out? Well, you know, I have this, and you know, got COVID's out there. There's all sorts of things, and yeah, there's a mask mandate here. I don't feel comfortable wearing masks. Oh, I have to have a you know vaccine passport to do that, and I just don't feel comfortable. Whatever it is, and we have reasons, and there's a thousand of them for why we can't do what we're called to do. We're called to do something. Let's get off our spiritual duff, and 
begin to do it. Let's at least take a next step. Like practically speaking, one of the things Leslie and I oftentimes say is let's break it into small achievable goals. So if you were to say, I need to reach all the world with the gospel, that's not a small achievable goal. That is so monstrous in size. Like I remember when Leslie and I were dealing with the issue of orphans. We're like, huh. 143 million of them. What are we supposed to do? And it's, it paralyzes you. So what we felt God teach us is start with one. Love one. Show the life, life and love of Jesus to one. And then I'll teach you what to do next. It's the one. Whatever that is in whatever zone you're in, if it's sharing the gospel, start with being a willing vessel throughout the day. Like wake up tomorrow and say, okay, I'm willing to share the gospel. Well, that's a step forward from being unwilling. And so I'm willing. And then it becomes, I'm willing to uh, speak to this person. And then it becomes the actual doing of it. It's a step forward and you don't need to worry about changing the whole world. You just need to get into first gear and start moving forward. That's really good. This is actually one of the things that we love to talk about in our trainings. We, we don't want to just esteem and, and have this big theoretical concept. We want to make a very practical practical for people to live the Christian life, not just esteem the Christian life. So if someone's interested in actually learning the practicality of how the Christian life actually works and how you walk in freedom and victory and triumph, well, then I'd highly encourage you to check out our training programs and our other online resources at ellersley.com. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit us at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.